Wow, that was a lot, right? And to think we haven't even gotten to the sermon, and I know some of you are like, my goodness, are we going to be here forever? No, we're not. Uh, I'm telling everyone I've got four pages and only four pages, and so I'm really hoping that we won't be here too long. Um, I also have one point and one point only um, as we tie our series, How to Navigate Pressure, together. Uh, as we land the plane, I'm going to land it with one point and one point only. But before we do that, permit me to read our passage just to remind us of where we are and what we're talking about um, so that our hearts might be connected to God and His Word. I'll be reading from Matthew 26 from verse 36 to 46. I'll, pr- I'll read it and then I'll pray and then we'll jump into our passage this morning. Hear these words of our Father. Matthew writes, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he told the disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. Taking along Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. He said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and stay awake with me. Going a little farther, he fell face down and prayed. My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. He asked Peter, so couldn't you stay awake with me one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed. My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And he came again and found them sleeping because they could not keep their eyes open. After leaving them, he went again and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? See, the time is near. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. See, my betrayer is near. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it continues to transform our lives, that it reminds us uh, that we are in desperate need of a Savior, and that Savior is you. And so God, as we wrap up our series this morning, May we be not caught up in the principles and the illustrations and the how-to-dos, but rather may we be blown away by your grace and your love and your truth. And it's in this grace that we are then compelled to to live out these things that we believe will allow us to, to navigate pressure, that will allow us to remain obedient to you and faithful to your mission regardless of what happens around us. And so would you meet us yet again where we are this morning? I pray against any distractions here this morning. I pray that you would come and give life and life to the full. Open up our hearts. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So these last two weeks we've been talking about how to navigate pressure, right? The reality is that as this year begins, you can be excited about a number of things, but it won't take too long. And, and just what we've just prayed about is a reality. It speaks to that very truth that it doesn't take too long before we'll find ourselves at the heart of pressure, navigating through the difficult things of life in the pressure cooker of life is another way to say it. And so we, we try to figure out then how are we to navigate pressure? How should we be prepared for 2019? And so to recap real quick, we looked at a few principles that we found in our text. The first principle is that we must anchor ourselves in the end of the story. 
We must anchor ourselves in the end of the story that is found in Jesus Christ and that he is victorious. Regardless of what you're going through, in him there is victory. The second principle is that we need to have a place that we go to often, that we frequent often, a place where we go to connect with God. We need a place. We landed the plane last week with our third principle is that we need people. Not only do you need a place, but you need people around you, people who will encourage you and love you and be there for you, that we were never created to live in isolation. Regardless of what society says, we were never designed to live in isolation. We were beautifully created for fellowship. And so you need people. If you want to navigate pressure in 2019, you need people. Jesus had people. He had 12 disciples, and, and from those 12, he had an inner circle that he disclosed his deepest feelings to. It's in the text. We see it. And so, so do we. We need people, and we need that inner circle where, where we con are confiding our deepest feelings to. We need to share everything that's happening in our lives, all the pressure that we're experiencing in our lives. L what does society say about pressure, right? There's this famous saying, um, I hope many of you know it. It goes a little like this. When you're going through a tough time, if you're experiencing pressure, if the, the weight of the world is on your shoulders, that's all fine. Be willing to carry it, but never let them see you sweat. Never let them see you sweat. No matter how difficult life is, that's all good. When you go to work, when, when you're in your community, when you're with your family, when you're here at church, it's okay. Just never let them see you sweat. That's what society says. And yet Jesus says something completely different. Jesus does something very, very different. He sweats, he sweats blood, as Luke tells us, but he invites them into that time. Not only does he say, guys, you can, you can see this happening, you can see me navigating through pressure. No, no, he invites them into this time. So it's very different to how some, some of us will, will be sitting um, emotional, crying, and it's, it's chaotic, and, and they're like, you know, we'll just randomly walk past and be like, hey, uh, are you Okay. Which is kind of a dumb question now that I think about it. It's like, I can clearly see you're not okay. And so maybe the better question is like, how, what's wrong? How can I help? How can I serve? But anyway, that, that's how we catch people. And so sometimes we'll think, well, then, then I'm being like Jesus. I'm inviting people into my, my times of pressure, my seasons of pressure, because they caught me. But Jesus doesn't do that. No, he says, guys, I'm inviting you. I don't want you to randomly walk past me and, and catch me sweating. No, I'm inviting you into my sweating sessions. Jesus invites us. And this is something that we've got to do. If you want to navigate pressure, if you want to make it to the other side, you've got to be willing to be vulnerable with your people. You've got to invite them into your times of pressure. Let them see you sweat. This is why we need people. This is why we need 
people. You need people. But, but here's the thing. Just like Peter and James and John, with Jesus, our people will often fail us. Our people will often fail us. In fact, three times, Jesus' inner circle was found to be sleeping. In his time of need, he finds them sleeping. He says, guys, listen, I'm inviting you into this time. I need you to pray for me. And he finds them sleeping. This is true of our people. It's true of our people. Your people will fail you. Thankfully, not all the time, but often enough for you to feel like maybe you don't need them. Often enough for you to, to tell yourself, you know what, maybe I, I should do this on my own. Because I've asked them to be there for me and, and they're sleeping. So, so maybe I am created for isolation. Maybe I can navigate this on my own. Don't believe the lie. Know the truth that they will fail you. Why? Because they're not perfect. Just like you. Just like you. But don't believe the lie. You need them. You need them for encouragement. You need them to, to help you carry the burden. You, you need to be loved and served by them, especially in moments of pressure. Notice Jesus wasn't deeply offended by their sleeping. He wasn't. Was he discouraged? Sure. Was he touched? I think so. But he wasn't offended to the point where he just kind of gave up on them. We well, just said, you know what, I'm done with you. I'm just going to go find another place and some other people. He doesn't do that. Why? Because Jesus knew where his power truly came from. Jesus knew where his power came from. It was not from the people, but it was from the God of the people. How do you know, Oné? I'm glad you asked. Luke unpacks something that I've never really seen, never noticed this, what he, what he unpacks for us this morning. I've never seen it until studying for the series. So I'm going to ask you now to look with me in Luke 22, remembering that this is the same situation, that Luke is, is, is capturing the same account that we've just read in Matthew. He just gives a few you know, different details, but it's the same situation. Luke says this, in Luke 22, verse 39 to 46, he went out and made his way as usual to the Mount of Olives. He's referring to Jesus. And the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he told them, pray that you may not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. How do we know that Jesus relied on the power of God and was not dependent on the power of the people? Because an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. I saw this and I asked myself, how did I miss this? Because I know the story. I know how it goes. Jesus shows up and he's with his disciples and he takes uh, Peter, James, and John with him a little bit further. 
And he says, guys, pray for me. And they fall asleep. And he comes back and like, let this cup pass for me. And he's like, no. And then he realizes this is the only way. There's no plan B. And he decides to do it. How did I miss this angel that appeared to him and strengthened him? Well, I believe, like most people, how I missed it is because I am too often concerned with the sweat and not the strength. I'm too concerned with the sweat that I, that I miss, I completely miss the strength. Another way to say it is I'm so concerned with the pressure that I miss the power. I'm so overwhelmed by everything that's happening in my life that, that I completely miss that the power of God has not left me. That His strength is still there with me. I'm so concerned with myself and, and me and this is happening to, to me and why me and then maybe I'm playing the comparison game. Look over there. Why is it not happening to them? Why is it happening to me? And I completely miss the power of the sovereign God. An angel appeared to him, strengthening him. We need the power of God. If you're going to navigate the pressures of 2019, not only need, do you need to be anchored in the end of the story, not only do you need a place, not only do you need people, but hear me, friends, you need the power of God. You need the power of God. You need to be strengthened by Him. The, the power of God unto salvation. The power of God unto sanctification. The, the power of God unto glorification. It's the same power that takes you from darkness to light. It's the same power that moves you from being an orphan to now being a child of God who now has a seat at the table. It's the power of salvation. But it's the same power that sanctifies you, that molds you and shapes you and makes you more and more like Christ. Gosh, I am so thankful for the power of God in my sanctification. That the honor of 2019 is different to the honor of 2018 and is definitely different to the honor of 2014. My wife is thankful for the power of God in my sanctification. And you are going to need this power. As you walk through the pressure cooker of life, you need the power of God to, to keep you humble. You need the power of God to ensure that you're still kind. You need the power of God to make sure that you're still forgiving. The power of God unto glorification. This ties back to our first principle that you need to anchor yourself in the end of the story. How does it end? ends with us seated with Jesus in glory. And it's the same power that'll get us there. That place of victory, it's the same power that, that one day Jesus will return to make all things new, that there'll be no more pain, no more mourning, no more attacks, no more economic recessions, no more protests. That we can anchor ourselves in this power even today, even in the uncertainties of today, we can anchor ourselves in this power, knowing that it's the same power unto glorification. And so we need to focus 
on the power of God. I'm not saying don't recognize the sweat. I'm not saying don't recognize the pressure. No, it's, sometimes it's almost impossible. It's right there in front of you. But don't be so consumed by it but that you miss the strength and the power of God. That even now as you're seated here, for those who've crossed the line of faith, don't, don't forget that God saved you. Don't forget that He is working in and through your marriage. Don't forget that He's working in your parenting. Don't forget that it's the same power that is keeping you joyful and excited and, and realizing that my singleness is, is a gift from God. Society might say you're a second-class citizen, but, but the kingdom of God says you are a child, you are a daughter, you're a son. Believe in the power to keep going, to trust in me that I have something incredible waiting for you. And it may not be marriage. Don't forget the power of God. We need to cry out to God to send down His power. We really do. And this is why next week we're going to take some time just to pray. We're going to, we're going to gather, we're going to worship, we're going to sing, and we're going to pray. We're going to take communion together, reminded of Jesus' great sacrifice. We're going to do all of that, and we're going to cry out to God to send down His power for 2019. Because look at me. You're going to need it. I don't care how this year has started for you. Fireworks and exciting and great, and I want to rejoice with you. But at some point in 2019, you are going to desperately need the power of God. And so we're going to ask, because He calls us to ask. We're going to cry out together as a community, as a family. Because if we don't, if we rely on our own power and our own strategies and our own plans, then we might as well just close this up. Some of y'all can stay in on Sundays. Some of you guys will go golfing, Netflix and chill. If we're going to rely on ourselves, then there is no point to any of this. But if, if we're going to say together, and you might sit here and you go, I, I'm not feeling it right now. I did not enter 2019 excited. I am, I am on a low. I am almost empty. That is why we need people to remind us that, no, it's okay. I'm going to take your hand and I'm going to lift it high and I'm going to cry out to God for him to send his power. We need his power. And so I'll close our series this way. If we are to navigate the pressures of 2019, may we, and notice the plural, may we be anchored in the end of the story, his story, that ends in victory for all who believe in him as Lord and Savior. May we do this. May we be deeply invested in a place that we frequent often. Find a home. Not, your Sunday gatherings should not be an Airbnb. It shouldn't. Find a home. We need to deeply invest in a place. May we be surrounded by people. May we be surrounded by people pouring into them 
and being poured into by them. And then lastly, may we be strengthened by the power of God because no other power shall suffice. This is what we need, friends. We have a lot of exciting things waiting for us in 2019. I truly believe that. And we're going to have to regularly remind ourselves of this when the walls come up, when the barriers come up, when the attack comes. I am going to need you in my time of need where I go, I, would, I, I, just, I don't want to do this anymore. This is how we navigate the pressures of 2019. Let's pray. And so, Father, we just want to start by first being thankful. Thankful for your word. Your word reminds me that you haven't left us on our own. That Jesus didn't just come down and live the perfect life and, and die the death that we all deserved resurrect and, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father and, and he's now done. No, no, he, co- he continues to work in and through us. He continues to pray for us. And that we have your word to open it up and to be reminded of your love for us. And so God, help us to take hold of these truths Again, not depending on them, but depending on the one that they point to. We want all of our lives to be for your glory. We want to be like Jesus. Willing to sweat, but knowing that we will be strengthened. Willing to navigate through the pressure, knowing that we do so with the power. Knowing that we have a place, and in that place there are people who love us. And they love us because you first loved them. What a beautiful gospel truth. And so now, even as we sing, may we sing together whether we are empty on the edge of hopelessness. Holy Spirit, would you take a hold of those individuals and draw them in and remind them that they are loved more than they could ever imagine. And then for the folks who are on cloud nine, are excited and eager and just can't wait, are living in expectation of your sovereign hand. God, I pray that you would keep them there and that joy would overflow into the lives of those around them and that ultimately this place with these people cry out to you, God, for your glory and for our joy. In Jesus' beautiful name we pray.